The Polystory Repository is a live conversation with polyamorous people sharing their thoughts on trust, intimacy, and relationships with themselves and others. They navigate a conceptually non-monogamous life and want to share their experiences with you. These are our friends, and these are their stories. Thank you for joining us for another entry in the Polystory Repository. This episode is a continuation of a conversation we were having with Lee R., a long-standing member of the poly community that we started talking with and had so much to discuss, we had to bring them back for a second episode. So, if you're tuning in for the first time, go back to the last episode, check out part one before listening to the rest of this conversation. Again, thanks for listening. I'm Joe, and we'll continue the conversation. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of really strange experiences. Um, well, okay. So I'll tell you my first weird experience with a poly slash, uh, swingery slash kingery, kingery, kinkstery partner, um, which was that I, I slept with a couple. Um, it was my first threesome. I slept with a couple. Um, it was an older couple and they were very, very nice. And I, I really did like them a lot. They were really wonderful people. Um, and I still talk to them like very rarely, but occasionally, um, but I, I slept with them and they immediately told me that what they're really looking for is a triad. So they want to bring a woman into the house who lives with them and is their girlfriend. And I was like, no, <laughs> especially because at the time I was like 25 and ha felt like I had like a million years ahead of me. No, I don't even think I was 25 yet. And they were like, I think in their late forties, fifties at that point. So definitely much older. And I was not okay with that. I wasn't up for that. That's one thing that I think happens a lot in the kink community. You get, um, and, and they weren't predatory by any means, but there are characters in the kink community who are predatory and they see, you know, like the young sub, which is what I considered myself at the time. I'm totally not a sub. Um, but like the young subs that, you know, they're female and like, oh, they'll, they'll come live with me and be my slave. And it's like, no, no, that was never me. Um, never me at all, because I, I always just felt like that was going to be completely throwing away my life. So I'm not someone that feels like they can be, uh, I want to say caged, but that sounds like, I mean, literally, but. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're speaking about it in King context. Yeah. 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 Cage literally and figuratively. So, and I've also had situations with, um, that involved like STIs and not being necessarily told um, until there was possible exposure um, or being told there was one one situation where I was told but then the person who had it flipped the out and <laughs> and like made a big stink and like almost ended their relationship with our mutual partner and it was just crazy and there was no reason for them to freak out I think it was a lot of just like triggered emotions um, and I kept feeling like the whole time, if they just talked to me, then there wouldn't be a problem, but they kind of refused to do that. Um, which is all, it's, it's water under the bridge at this point. I don't really care because it was so long ago, but, um, that was kind of a weird experience too. Uh, um, I, I, w I would like to take this opportunity to do the PSA segment of the Polystory repository. Please get yourself tested regularly. Be open and honest with diseases that you may or may not have and share those details with your partners. Always use protective sex and make sure that you are communicative in your needs and desires and boundaries. Mm -hmm. And make sure you don't care so much if the partners of your partner knows because 
that's kind of important for them too. If there's something that's com- that can be transferred, like they probably should know, or at least you should be taking every precaution possible. So, and that was not necessarily the case. Just to share, you know, one of one of my recent stories. Uh, it's it's always interesting when I when I go to get tested. Um, this this time it was a new physician. Last time it was a new physician, and there's always that conversation where the doctor is matter of fact, and you're trying to check all the boxes and make sure that you're accounting for all the things. And it's like, uh, do you practice this? Do you practice that? And it's one of those responses where it's. No, not right now, but I may in the future. <laughs> I totally get you. Yeah, I've always found um, STD testing or STI testing to be a little bit difficult because um, I used to go to Planned Parenthood, and I do like them as an organization. Um, I've had mostly positive experiences. I did have an experience at one Planned Parenthood that was kind of uh, awful, but it was the, the specific person that I encountered, not the whole facility by any means. Mm-hmm. Um but I used to go there, and for as liberal of an organization as they are, um, they also don't really tend to, in my experience, understand relationship dynamic. I haven't had the best experience with like being queer and going there. Um, so that's been a big thing for me. But I did really love when I was in Chicago, Howard Brown. It was amazing. Like I love the fact that you can check off every little tiny box and then write in your gender. Um, that was amazing. I loved all of that. And actually, you know, I volunteer in patient safety now, and that's something that is a big movement, at least where I'm living right now, that we're really working a lot on trying to make sure that there's more trans-friendly healthcare available, mm-hmm. particularly in the county I live in, which actually there's no legal protection for trans-identified individuals in my county. That's something that we're really working on. Um, that said, it's a little bit hard, <laughs> depending on where you are, to oh, yeah. have open, honest discussions about... STIs and actually get tested appropriately. Howard Brown is really. Let's turn this into the Howard Brown commercial. For, yeah. <laughs> during the <laughs> yeah no because you can go in there and get tested with multiple partners at the same yeah. time and really? like go through yeah they, oh yeah yeah I've, I've gone in there with multiple partners. And they're like okay cool yeah. have a good day. Yeah. So that, that's part of the part of the joy of being in an urban area right is that yeah. you, you're fortunate to have resources that can be more progressive or more friendly um, to going in with multiple partners or being honest about where you're at and you know b- being accommodating for differences in gender and differences in relationship styles and we're we're very lucky in in more yeah. rural areas and more conservative areas those resources aren't available totally and it's really really strange I mean so I might as well just come out and say I live on Long Island which sucks um, I'm here because my family's here, basically, and I wanted to come back for a little while, but I'm probably not going to stay here for crazy, crazy long. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really a weird mix here because there's people who are really progressive, but they're kind of few and far between. And then all of a sudden you'll randomly see like a lot of Trump stickers and like a, like a Confederate flag. And you're like, whoa, what happens? Like, where did I just end up? Um, so it's like a very strange mix of politics here. And it makes it really difficult and odd when you are queer in, in where I live. Um, but it, just going like half an hour west, I'm suddenly in the city and it's not a big deal. Hmm. So it's just a very strange, it's a really strange experience. Even New York City is a really strange experience because 
it, it still is always going to, it has always been really a weird mix of conservative and, and really, really progressive. To be very frank, I'm also still looking for my place where I can get tested appropriately because it yeah. is that kind of very strange. There are resources, but they're a little bit hard to get to here, it feels like. Yeah. Well, and the dichotomy of dating, being on the island versus, you know, having the city so close, but being in, like, this very sprawly suburban area has to lead to some conflict. Oh, totally. I have to drive to Brooklyn for everyone I want to go on a date with. And, you know, every now and then there's one, like, in my town, which is weird. And then I go on a date with them and it doesn't work. But I, <laughs> but right. at least I tried. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there's all these, there's tons of poly events all over New York. But I can't get to them because there's nothing really out east. Um, there's some stuff through the kink community here, but I haven't quite like fully dipped my toes here. And not everyone in the kink community here anyway is necessarily open and not nearly to the degree that they were in Chicago. That's the biggest thing I noticed. So what kind of relationships, if you, if you wiped the slate clean, what kind of relationships would you want to build for yourself? Um, I thought about that a lot. I think, um, you know, I would like that kind of like life partner that you build things with. Do you know what I mean? Like that person that you get the house with. Um, I would like that person, but I don't know when I'll be ready for that or if I'm ready for that. I think it's just going to be like, I'll have to meet that person first. Because I think honestly, if you're looking for that in any kind of hardcore way, you're just not going to find it. And it puts too much pressure on the people you meet. Mm -hmm. But I don't really have any, it's weird. I don't really have any like specifics I'm looking for at this time. I'm just kind of open and maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe that's why I'm not really finding people that I'm like really digging or connected to. Um, But I'm just very, very open to see like where things go with people. I don't know. I'm too Zen. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound too Zen to me. It sounds like you, like you said, you, you want to, engage in the relationships with people where they are and just kind of like negotiate things out and be with them as they are, as, as you would expect them to be with you as well, to just kind of meet each other in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think that's also why I'm not like super specific because I'm like, well, we're going to find stuff that we have in common and we're going to find way, places where we're each going to stretch our boundaries in order to try out each other's worlds. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that that's ultimately what a relationship comes down to. Like, you know, if I meet, if I, if I meet a partner who's really into LARPing, I might try LARPing, but right now <laughs> that's not my thing. So. Right. <laughs> or well, that's part just, of the joy of being in a relationship is finding these unique things about each other and engaging. Exactly. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Just making sure that, you know, we're, we're each expanding our boundaries um, and trying out each other's interests, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you talk to your friends or family about non-monogamy or your relationships? And how does that kind of go? Sure. Um, so I'm not so much out about my relationship style. Um, I am very out about my gender identity. Well, okay, I should say for the most part out about my gender identity and my sexuality. Let's see. My family knows about my gender identity and my sexuality. They do not all know about my relationship style. I have one sister that knows about my relationship style, mostly because she's the most open-minded out of my sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have talked to her about it and we've 
we don't talk about it that often because it's just not relevant since I'm not really dating anyone right now. Um, but it does come up or has come up when I've talked about different people I've dated. What else? I did come out about my relationship style to a coworker who actually no longer works at the company I'm at because we were getting really close. So I did come out to her and at first she was like really weird about it. And then at one point I was talking to her about someone I was dating. She, she got really comfortable with it. But then at one point I was talking to her about someone I was dating and she said something like, well, you're clearly not looking for anything serious. And I'm like, how do you know that? I'm totally like open to something serious. And she's like, well, but when you're ready for something serious, then you're just going to see the one person. I'm like, no, that's not true. That's not being poly does not mean you can't be serious in a relationship. Mm. Like You can be, it's just, you're not going to stop dating other people or be open to the idea of dating other people. So it, it like, it, that was kind of when I realized like, Oh, she really doesn't get me after all of these conversations we've had. Hmm. Um, with some of my friends that I've known for like a really long time, uh, we've had discussions about it. Like my friends from when I was in college and whatnot, from back when last time I lived here with some of them, we've had discussions about it. And actually a couple of them have come out and said that they've been looking to try poly and we've had full discussions about like, well, what does that mean to you? And how would you navigate that? And like mostly me acting as guide for them but then also being very, very open to my need to discuss it at a time. So that's been really kind of a good thing. In terms of being out about my gender and my sexuality, I don't talk about my gender at work. Um, also, my legal name is very feminine. So I have to use that all day at work and people look at, talk to me as female. But also with my um, hormonal disorder, I often just sometimes let my, my chin hair grow in because I don't care that much anymore. So it's kind of funny because every now and then I'll catch them like staring at my sideburns. I'm like, yeah, I know I have sideburns. Like I, don't, I haven't said that to them. I don't always care. And I kind of just let my, my hair grow in and I don't, you know, I'm growing in a beard right now. So it's like, whatever it is. So it's a little funny because I come across as beard lady sometimes. So it's really hilarious. <laughs> and then other times I wax it off for whatever I want to do. That, so it's like not an open conversation. And I have mentioned to coworkers before, like, oh, yeah, I want to date with this woman or I was dating this this chick or whatever I want to say at the time to kind of casually introduce that idea and without like being like, oh, you know, I'm bi, right? Or I'm pan, you know, and getting really like detailed about it. And um, that hasn't been an issue. Bi is in bisexual, pan is in pansexual, correct? Yes. Okay. Do you think you would be more out about um, your relationship style if you're in relationship do you think that's something you would want to be more out about I think that I would get there um right now it just doesn't feel important because I'm just not dating anybody and I felt that way about my pansexuality for a really long time too because I for a long time really only had serious relationships with men and it's not because I didn't want to date women or anyone in between it's just because it didn't happen and, you know, I did have what felt to me at the time, like a very serious relationship with a woman. And that's when I came out to my family and it just felt appropriate. And, and it, my family's also like super liberal. So it wasn't a big deal by any means. They were just like, oh, huh, okay. And the gender stuff also surprisingly wasn't weird to them either because uh, and my mom was like super sweet about it. Like I went to my friend's wedding and I came home for it before I moved back and I wore suspenders and a tie to the wedding and like 
my uh, my thrift stored Versace suit, which I'm very proud of. And, uh, <laughs> very nice. And my mom looked at me with my like gauged ears and my short haircut, and um, she said, "You look like you." And I was like, "That's so sweet. Thank you." So it was like the sweetest thing she could have said. So I think that if or when it comes to that point. I think my parents and my family might have a little trouble with it, but I think that they would ultimately be really comfortable with it after a while, provided that the relationships made me happy. That's really what they look for. That is like the sweetest thing that you could say to someone. Right? Yeah. I thought it was adorable. And it honestly, like, I don't even think my mom realizes that my piercings are stretched in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> like she didn't for a long time. And then I got my second tattoo and I was like, I know it's crazy. Like I have, you know, stretched ears and all this stuff. She's like, your ears are stretched. She like was so shocked. She's like, don't tell me anymore. Ooh, it, hurts. <laughs> it was just like, Oh my goodness. My poor little Jewish mother. <laughs> <laughs> We appreciate our audience for listening tonight. And once again, my name is Joe. And I'm Tim. I still. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, no, pretty, pretty sure. I mean, okay. it's been a minute, but I, I'm on top of it. Okay, I'm Lee. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. It's been great talking to you. Really great talking to you too as well. Thanks. Uh, join us again for another episode.